0: Burn Foreman Podcasts should not be interpreted as legal advice and are intended for general information purposes only. Welcome to the Burn Foreman Take 5 Immigration Podcast Series. The Take 5 Podcast Series is a weekly five-minute high-level overview on what businesses need to know each week as it relates to immigration. My name is Melissa Azalian, and I'm a partner on the Labor and Employment and Immigration Team at Burn Foreman, and I am your host for this podcast series. I've been working in the business immigration arena for more than 20 years in a wide variety of industries, including manufacturing, healthcare, and education. So let's get started and talk about what's happening in the immigration world that you need to know about. Today, I wanna provide you with two updates on issues that we have discussed before. First are the land border crossings between U.S. Canada and U.S. Mexico, which have now been extended through September 21st, according to the Department of Homeland Security. Now, these restrictions came about several months ago when President Trump issued a ban on non-essential travel across U.S. land borders between Mexico and Canada, as well as ferry travel. The initial ban on non-essential travel across the northern and southern borders began on March 21st in response to the COVID outbreak, and it was set to expire on April 20th, and then it continued to be extended, uh, most recently through August 20th. Now, the policy may be reviewed again for possible extension in September, depending on the status of the COVID emergency, so we'll just need to keep a close eye out on that. Remember that the restrictions do not affect air travel, only land border crossings. So if we take a closer look at these restrictions, remember that they define non-essential travel as travel that's considered tourism or recreational in nature, something like sightseeing or gambling or maybe attending a cultural event. But essential travel across the land borders can certainly continue to occur. So that would include, for example, travel for working in the United States, travel to attend an educational institution, and also certainly U.S. citizens and lawful permanent residents returning to the U.S. The administration has said in communications that trade and business travel will be subject to additional screening, and there has been some inconsistent treatment of business travelers since March 21st. So what this really means now for employers and foreign nationals is that while essential travel can continue, you need to remember that border officials do have wide discretion, Foreign nationals should expect detailed questioning about their employment or business activities, and they need to be well prepared with good documentation and ability to show their essential travel. The second update that I want to give you relates to the U.S. Department of State clarification on the visa entry ban, and this is the entry ban that affects H, L, and J visa holders. On August 12th, the U.S. Department of State expanded and updated its guidance for exceptions to employment-related entry suspensions. And you'll remember that this was the result of Presidential Proclamation 10014 and 10052. These proclamations were passed to prevent economic harm to U.S. workers due to COVID, and they really suspended the entry of people to immigrate permanently, but they also extended uh, suspensions to H1B, H2B, L1, and J1 visa holders through 1231 2020. Now, prior to this latest clarification, these visa exemptions were largely limited to healthcare and public health professionals coming in for COVID 19 reasons. But the update clarifies a couple of things which I think are helpful for businesses and individuals. So first, it said that individuals present in the U.S. on the effective date of the proclamation, which was June 24, 2020, are exempt. Now, the guidance does not include any limitations on the particular status that a person needs to have to qualify, and whether this means that people in the U.S. on that date are exempt in all circumstances remains to be seen. So we'll have to just continue to watch and practice how that really works. It's also important to remember that other entry suspensions still apply. For example, we have many travel bans that continue to exist, the Schengen travel ban, for example. So that still could restrict entry by certain individuals. There were also a couple of other clarifying points in the uh, guidance which sought to clarify how somebody qualifies for a national interest exception and i want to focus now on a couple of points related to the L visa first it said that h1b and l1 workers who resume employment with the same employer and in the same position are exempt so what that means is that h1b and l workers can apply for visas from the consulate so long as the approved h1b or l1 petition is filed, and it enables them to continue working in previously approved employment without change with the same employer. So that's good news for businesses that maybe had people stuck abroad. They had already been working for them. They really had an approved petition, and they're coming back to work in the same position. Those people now will be exempt. Also, H-1B workers whose travel was necessary to facilitate the immediate and continued economic recovery of the U.S. are exempt. So with this exemption, what we're looking at here is a focus on five different criteria that have to be met. And in order to satisfy this exemption, you need to meet two of the five. And those focus on things like the timing of the labor condition application, whether somebody's filling a senior level position, what wage rate they're being paid, and whether there would be a financial hardship to the U.S. Now, there are also exemptions for certain L visa holders, and this is helpful for many businesses, maybe who use blanket L petitions or regular L petitions. So first of all, L1 workers who fill senior level positions that are of a critical business need for the employer and in the critical infrastructure environment are exempt. So the focus here would be meeting criteria showing somebody is a senior level executive or manager, somebody has multiple years with a company overseas, and they're filling a critical business need in a critical infrastructure area. They also addressed L1B workers and those who are technical experts or specialists. So the focus here is on the job duties and the specialized nature of the the job, um, whether they're related to a critical infrastructure need And whether they've spent multiple years with the company overseas now to obtain a national interest exception the consulate has to agree to grant an interview and of course we know that consulates are just starting to reopen and get back to somewhat of a normal schedule and then each consulate officer um, or office has instructions about how to apply for the exception and in some cases only emergency appointments are being provided so it would be important to consult with your legal counsel regarding any international travel to and from the U.S. That should be a regular practice of most businesses during these days because things do change frequently. So that wraps up our Take 5 Immigration update for this week. I hope the update's been helpful as we strive to cover business immigration issues at the forefront. If you would like to see any topics addressed or you have questions, please reach out to me at M-A-Z-A-L-L-I-O-N at burr.com or any other Burr Foreman attorney. Stay tuned next week when we provide further updates on what's happening in the immigration arena as it relates to businesses. And to find future podcasts, webinars, and legal resources on immigration, please visit our website at burr.com. This series is also available on Apple Podcasts. Thank you for listening.